Welcome to the Washington Ethical Society. <laughs> I am Brian Pashigian. My pronouns are he, him, and I am the officiant today. We are here for hybrid platform. Um, we have people attending live on Zoom, in person in the hall, and asynchronous, blah, 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 you know, <laughs> when, you, when you want to, basically, um, whenever you want to, uh, by watching or listening to the recording later. You'd think that word would be burned into my brain in the last couple years. Uh, welcome to everyone, and we are one community, unified across time and space as we gather to affirm our values and commit to a better world. We're still figuring out how to do hybrid platforms, so let's learn from our mistakes and forgive each other generously. There's a closed captioning option on Zoom that can be turned on or off. The chat will stay open through much of the platform service, closing for the address itself and then reopening. If you are joining live on Zoom, please do say hello in the chat. Having your chat set for everyone, make sure we can all see the messages. Please say hello, whether you're a brand new visitor, a longtime member, a neighbor from another ethical society or a Unitarian Universalist congregation, or a person who is not in any of these categories. In-person visitors, we hope you'll stop by the welcome table after the platform to say hello to our greeters. Online visitors, we invite you to send an email to our membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas, at maceot at ethicalsociety.org. If you are a visitor watching this recording later, this invitation is for you as well. You can fill out a connection form at tiny.cc slash westconnects. Speaking of Maceo, we are very pleased that we'll be able to hear more than usual from him today as our featured platform speaker. I'll give him a fuller introduction just before the platform address. I'll now read a few of the greetings that folks have written into the chat. While I'm doing that, you might want to get a candle ready to light during our candle lighting. All right, good morning, folks. We've got Trang saying ha good morning, happy Sunday. Good morning, Peter, Carolyn, and uh, oh, looks like we've got that together now. We always are staying flexible with our hybrid uh, system. Good morning. Uh, there we go, Judy's reminding us about daylight saving. And Paul Baker, today's uh, gonna be our Zoom chat usher, which is wonderful, taking care of everything on that end. And good morning from the Dakins, good morning. Um, lots of folks saying good morning, good morning to everyone here. And, um, oh, good morning, uh, Deja. Um, we're welcome, it's your first time here. And um, lots of other folks saying good morning, and I am looking forward to, oh, we got, a, we got a good morning from Sharon from Polk City, Florida. I love hearing where folks are from, too, all across, our, as our community spreads across the physical space that we have as well. It is good to connect and share this time together. Once you're prepared, I invite you to settle in wherever you are as we continue to gather. Opening words this morning are from Kimberly Ann Tomczyk Carlson. It is not by chance that you arrived here today. You have been looking for something larger than yourself, 
Inside of you, there is a yearning, a calling, a hope for more, a desire for a place of belonging and caring. Through your struggles, someone nurtured you into being, instilling a belief in a shared purpose, a common yet precious resource that belongs to all of us when we share. And so you begin seeking a beloved community, a people that does not put fences around love, a community that holds in its arms, that holds its arms open to possibilities of love, a heart home to nourish your soul and share your gifts. Welcome, let us gather together. We begin our platform with music celebrating International Women's Day. This piece is from the Deerfield Academy. beautiful. Welcome once again. 
Each week, we read our statement of purpose as a reminder of our shared values. If you're interested in taking a, a turn to read the statement of purpose, you can sign up at tiny.cc slash readSOP. You can record a video of yourself reading the statement of purpose if that works better for you, or you can present the statement of purpose alongside us as we broadcast live. If you're relatively new to the community or have been active uh, not so much lately, it's an easy way to reintroduce yourself or introduce yourself. Today's reader is Joe Klein, who serves on Wes's endowment committee, our global connections committee, and also on the finance committee of the American Ethical Union. Joe, we invite you uh, through Zoom. Um, the microphone is yours. Thank you. The Washington Ethical Society is a humanistic congregation that affirms the worth of every person. We strive through our relationships to elicit the best in the human spirit. With faith in human goodness, we appreciate each person's unique capacities. We joyfully celebrate together and support each other through life. We nurture a sense of reverence and responsibility for each other and the earth. We warmly invite you to join our community of children and adults as we work for a world where love and justice cross all borders. Thank you, Joe. If you have a candle at home, I invite you to light it now as Lynn lights our community candle and we share our candle lighting words. May we kindle within us the warmth of compassion, the light of understanding, and the fire of commitment to build a brighter future for all. Today's platform speaks to the gift and the opportunity and challenge of building community in better, more collaborative, more anti-oppressive ways as we emerge from the pandemic. Today's time for all ages has something to say about that. Hello, I'm Maceo Thomas and my pronouns are he and him, and I'm the membership coordinator here at Washington Ethical Society. This poem by Amanda Gorman, the 2021 Presidential Inaugural Poet. You can also read this poem in a picture book, this picture book. Um, I can hear change humming in its loudest, proudest song. I don't fear change coming, and so I sing along. I scream with the skies of red and blue streamers. I dream with the cries of tried and true dreamers. I'm a chant that rises and rings. There's hope where my change sings. Though some don't understand it, those windmills of mysteries, I sing with all the planet. In its hills of histories, I hum with a hundred hearts hearts, each of us lifting a hand. I use my strengths and my smarts, take a knee to make a stand. I'm bright as the light each day brings, there's love where my change sings. I show others tolerance, though it might take some courage. I don't make a taller fence, but fight to build a better bridge. I talk not only of distances from where and how we came, I also walk our differences to show we are the same. 
I'm a movement that roars and springs. There's a wave where my change sings. Change sings where? There, inside me. Because I'm the change I want to see. As I grow, it grows like seeds. I'm just what the world needs. I'm the force where freedom rings. You're the love your bright heart brings. We are the wave starting to spring. For we are the change we sing. We're what the world is becoming, and I know it won't be long. We are, the, we are here, change strumming. Won't you sing along? That's the end of the poem. As we consider what it might mean to build a community that includes everyone, let's enter into the centering time of our platform. Each week, we ring this chime in solidarity with people around the world. Today, I'm particularly mindful of peace and human rights worldwide. As we listen to the chime, let us remember our connection to each other and the world around us. Let us open our hearts to compassion for those who suffer. And let us commit ourselves to the work that calls for our love. Hello, I'm Lynn Cox. My pronouns are they, them, and I'm the interim leader here at the Washington Ethical Society. As we continue our centering time, let's take a moment to notice our breath. Attend to the feeling of breathing in. Cherish that breath within you and attend to the feeling of breathing out. Allow your body to come to a position of stability, open yourself to the moment, release tension as you're able. Whether you're participating live on Zoom or in person or with the recording later, be in that time and place. Return to the awareness of your breath and be present as we hear these words from Starhawk. We are all longing to go home to some place we have never been. A place half remembered and half envisioned we can only catch glimpses of from time to time. Community. Somewhere there are people to whom we can speak with passion without having the words catch in our throats. Somewhere a circle of hands will open to receive us. Eyes will light up as we enter. Voices will celebrate us with us whenever we come into our own power. Community means strength. 
that joins our strength to do the work that needs to be done. Arms to hold us when we falter, a circle of healing, a circle of friends, some place where we can be free. We continue our meditation in silence and in the music that follows. Michael Collins was an American astronaut who flew the Apollo 11 mission. And while his colleagues, Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong, walked on the moon, Michael Collins is the person who said, I really believe that if the political leaders of our world could see this planet from a distance of 100,000 miles, their outlook would be fundamentally changed. And you all know that I believe that songs are like people. They need to be able to evolve and grow. And so I have slightly adapted the lyrics to this hymn to reflect the learning and the evolution in our understanding of one another. person in the world had their mindset on freedom. If every person in the world held a sweet dream of peace. If every soul and every nation, young and old, each generation, held their hands out in the name of love, there'd be no Every leader in the world had a vision of freedom. If every leader in the world shared our sweet dream of peace. If every leader of every nation worked for justice and liberation. Holding hands out in the name of love, there would be no Every nation in the world set the true course for freedom. If every nation raises children in a culture of peace. If all our kids 
ignored the borders and reached out in friendship across the waters, refusing to be enemies, then there would be no more. Featured platform speaker is Maceo Thomas. Maceo grew up just up the road in Beltsville. Maceo grew up learning the area, um, learning in the area, playing soccer and participating in scouting. A graduate of PG County Schools, Maceo went on to earn his bachelor's in biochemistry and molecular biology at my alma mater, UMBC. After serving three and a half years, Maceo decided to return to school and earn an MPH in public health at University of North Carolina, where he began studying how social power systems such as patriarchy, homophobia, and racism create health disparities. Maceo joined the West staff in, the, uh, in fall of 2019 after learning of the organization. He was most highly intrigued by the public anti-racist statement. Maceo serves as the halftime membership coordinator at the Washington Ethical Society. Maceo um, also coordinates um, the paths to membership, the TIE groups, and is here to help members become more connected to the community. Welcome. Thanks, Brian. True grit. That's that's a UMBC thing for all us UMBC people. Um, can I just hit a button? Not now. Uh, good morning. It's wonderful to see so many people here in the hall today, and so many others zooming from all different corners of the interweb. We all have made it through our annual time travel event at 2 a.m. today. It's still amazing to be in this hall. It actually was two years ago today that I really began to realize there was a huge change coming. On March 12th of 2020, the NCAA announced that it was canceling March Madness. I remember exactly where I was. I was walking the stalls of Union Market. The announcement on my phone actually stopped me in my tracks. Oh, wow. This is for real, for real. I remember thinking, shutting down college basketball for those three weeks was a nearly billion dollar decision. Money is a major form of power in America. And we don't just throw away money for nothing. Also that weekend, Sunday the 15th, was the very first all virtual platform. Some of y'all remember that. I recently watched that platform and amazed at the change in production over the last 104 weeks. Our amazing volunteer tech team, pause. Our amazing volunteer tech team has created an incredible, incredibly professional production that now allows a hybrid experience where we are interactive in person and simultaneously virtually. Thank you to the amazing volunteer tech team. Nationally, we have experienced so much in these 24 months. Over 6 million COVID deaths worldwide, cultural shifts as people work from home, go to the movies from home, 
grocery shop from home, a presidential transition after our democratic process was challenged violently, a temporary national awakening to the actuality of racial injustice as we watched videos of black people killed by the police that led to uprisings across the globe. We all learned how to mute our mics as we Zoom. Some of us are still learning. As we Zoomed all day for many people, for school, our, for our children, they Zoomed all day. Through the virtual platform production over the last two years, Wes has connected to people who may never have participated in activities here in this Shepherd Park building. Virtually, we were able to cross geographic distances, time zones, people's ability to travel, varying childcare responsibilities, and wake up times. We even brought in a visitor who became an active Sunday morning coffee participant, a participant in several small groups, and then a member here at West, and then who was even memorialized in death, all virtually. Sandy, thank you for, sh <clears throat> for showing us we can intentionally create valuable community connections virtually. We miss you. <clears throat> Some other brand new people who have been nearly exclusively attending platform virtually will become members next week right here on the stage. This afternoon, they will complete their final path to membership act activity. Path to Membership is a four-class module that begins with the history of West. For those who might need a review of your organizational history, let me just do a very, very, very brief history. In 1949, West was officially incorporated. The Articles of Incorporation had three signers, L.D. McIntyre, George Beauchamp, and Gustav Ozen, Jr. Gus Ozen was a graduate of Booker T. Washington's Tuskegee Institute, now University. He was a business professor at Howard University and a member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity, the first intercollegiate Greek letter fraternity for African-American men. Wes was intentionally created as a racially integrated community. Wes is located right here where we stand now because their neighborhood, Shepherd Park, intentionally integrated their neighborhood. The following is a quote from the book, Washington at Home, an illustrated history of neighborhoods in the nation's capital. Neighbors Incorporated was founded in 1958 to maintain racial integration in the Carter Baron East, Colonial Village, Manor Park, North Portal Estates, Shepherd Park and Tacumba Park neighborhoods. In the years following World War II, New suburbs were developed for white buyers. As whites moved out, African-Americans began to move into formerly white neighborhoods. Unscrupulous real estate agents known as blockbusters tried to frighten remaining whites into selling their homes at low prices and, they and then resold them at inflated prices to African-American families. In a response, a group of black and white homeowners in Manor Park formed the racially integrated Neighbors Incorporated to fight the blockbusters and bring about genuinely integrated community. 
at the time of West's founding, most all other organizations, institutions, schools were segregated. My mom and dad who grew up in PG County were in segregated schools at this time. And to be clear, when we're talking about segregated, we mean is we had schools for white students and then schools for black students. We had drinking fountains for white people and we had drinking fountains for blacks. We had pools for black people and we had pools for white people. Of course, this was later declared illegal because it was deemed that separate in fact was not equal. Martin Luther King famously said, the most segregated hour of the week was at 11 a.m. on Sunday. Let's make sure we keep platform at 1030, y'all. I facilitate the membership process, and so as I prepare for each new path to membership cohort, I often review the current membership directories. It is even more important now, as it's been so long since I've seen so many faces. It's actually a cheat sheet to remember folks. And please, please forgive me and each others and each others as we get back to recognizing faces in person, whether masked or otherwise. So as I scroll through the photos in the membership director, I see diverse family makeups, families of one person to families of four or five, may have an animal, men and women together leading a household, as well as men together and women together. I see different ages in the family pictures and see some multiracial families. What I'm struck by is how few black faces I see. The membership photos can be found in the members section of the West website. Go check it out. A month or so ago was the All Societies platform. The topic centered around W.E.B. Du Bois's address to the New, York's New York Ethical Society. I often invite friends and family to zoom in to check out platform, especially platforms that may have a compelling interest to black history. So I invited my peoples to the All Society platform, and there was a great interest to hear the connection to Du Bois. One of the very first text messages I received as all began to log in was from a friend who was shocked and surprised that the audience was so heavily white. Many of my black friends who are interested in topics of the racialized history of America are not used to seeing these conversations in all white institutions, all white audiences. And when I say all white, what I mean is supermajority white. So again, there's this wonder, where are all the black people? From a small child, I've always been interested in how the world works. And this led me to study science in college. And for all you have been in who have been science students in many institutions of higher learning, we don't often get too many extra electives outside of our science field. So for me, I took the basic level of history as a college student. So my formal education in history was quite piddly. However, now the predominant subject matter that I'm drawn to study is history. And I'm super interested in the black history of America that was erased from the few history books and classes that I took during my compulsory student days. So currently I'm reading the 1619 Project. It's a book that was further developed from the New York Times Magazine issue that was led by Pulitzer Prize winning journalist, Nicole Hannah-Jones, where it examines American's history with the founding date of 1619. 
when first enslaved people from Africa arrived in Virginia. I also enjoy listening to these wonderful things called podcasts because it allows me to have, uh, it allows me to move about and walk around the house or take a walk to the park and I have to use my eyes while getting that knowledge. I just finished a great podcast that does a little bit of the opposite of 1619 Project, where the 1619 Project explores the black presence in America. This podcast is exploring whiteness in America. The podcast is called Seeing White. Originally airing in 2017, the show's producer, John Bewin, summarized the podcast like this in the Oxford American Magazine. But Donald, Trump, Donald J. Trump winning the Republican nomination for President of the United States after a campaign in which he banged the drums of white resentment and white identity like no major party candidate in living memory settled it. I didn't imagine that he would go to win the presidency that almost 63 million of my fellow Americans, including, including crucially, 58% of white voters from up and down the social economic scale would color in the bubble next to his name in November. Still, at some point in the weeks after Trump's GOP nomination, I decided the people who look like me, white people, are a story. Time to take an in-depth, head-on look at some questions. Just what is up with us, the people who call ourselves white? Where did whiteness come from? Who invented it? And for what purpose? Who are we and how do we get this way? Thus was born Seeing White, a series for the CDS podcast seen on the radio. Seen, S-C-E-N-E, on the radio, on radio. The podcast is 10 episodes long and I recommend everybody give it a listen. But I'm just gonna share how the producers go into how whiteness is created as a manner to create power for a certain group of people. There was power and land ownership from robbing the Native Americans and creating one of the first affirmative action programs called the Homestead Act. There was power in voting ability. There was power in creating families and legal marriage. There was power in being able to read. The people who had access to this power were identified as white. The list grew as America aged. Initially, it was English settlers. The Irish got included. Italians became white. Rabbi Gil Steinloff, who was at Addis Israel Congregation in uh, Cleveland Park, wrote a piece in the Washington Post entitled, Jews struggled for decades to be white. Now we must give up white privilege to fight racism. So Jews got to get into the club as well. Dr. Chinjari Kumanyinka is a professor of journalism and media studies at Rutgers. He's a weekly guest on this podcast. He talks about the different criteria for entry into whiteness across history. This is his quote. The good news is when you think about this thing called whiteness, there's not anything genetic that, really sh that you really share with folks that's different from what we all share with each other. So there's a message in here about our connectedness. But the bad news is that in a way, the effort to get people to come together under the banner whiteness has sort of always been about power and exploitation. So I do 
So I don't know what that means about trying to salvage the idea of good whiteness. That's something you got to wrestle with. When was whiteness good? Kind of like, when was America great? I mean, it seems like this whole project was related to exploitation. And so if you identify that way, I don't envy you in terms of having to try to think about what that means. Whiteness or white supremacy culture is strong. It's celebrating its 403rd birthday this year. It's not just walking away without a fight. It exists even here at West. To dismantle it requires intentionality. If people are not openly aware of how white supremacy culture is operationalized, then there is no way to actually be intentional to dismantle it. Kenneth Jones and Tema Okun created a list of characteristics of white supremacist culture. You can check for the link in the chat to find their paper. Folks in the hall, uh, feel free to scan the QR code close to you, close to you, to find the article. As you're opening that, here are some of the characteristics that they mention of white supremacist culture. White supremacist culture. I've seen it. I've seen each in action here. In the article below, in the article below, each characteristic is an antidote to white supremacy culture. Begin to consider how we can bring more of the antidote into the community. Here are some of the characteristics. Perfectionism. Sense of urgency. Quantity over quality. Worship of the written word. Paternalism. Either or thinking. Power hoarding. Fear of open conflict individualism. So the piece finishes this way. One of the purposes of listing characteristics of white supremacy culture is to point out how organizations which unconsciously use their characteristics as their norms and standards make it difficult, if not impossible, to open the door to other cultural norms and standards. As a result, many of our organizations while saying we want to be multicultural and multiracial, really only allow other people and cultures to come in if they adapt or conform to already existing cultural norms. Being able to identify and name the cultural norms and standards you want is a first step to making room for truly multicultural and multiracial organizations. Here are the few of the antidotes that I pulled from the paper. When offering feedback, always speak to the things that went well before criticism. Discuss and plan for what it means to set goals of inclusivity and diversity. Understand the link between defensiveness and fear. That could be fear of losing power, losing face, losing comfort, losing privilege. Include process or quality goals in your planning. Look for the tendency for a group or a person to keep pushing the same point over and over out of a belief that there's only one right way and then name it. 
When the stakes seem high or an urgent decision needs to be made, slow it down and encourage people to do a deeper analysis. Include power sharing in your organization or small groups value statements. Distinguish between being polite and raising hard issues. Wes, COVID has made us look at everything through a new lens. How will you sing change into Wes? We all hear change strumming. Won't you sing along? Maybe so. After some music, we'll have community sharing time when you can write into the chat or speak into the microphone about what resonated with you um, in this platform. In this time between, you might prepare for community sharing by reflecting on a personal experience or an activity at West that illustrates the values we are lifting up today. As we contemplate, rest, and reflect, let us experience the beauty of the musical response. Written into the founding documents that declared the destiny of a nation. Yes, we can. It was whispered by slaves and abolitionists as they blazed a trail toward freedom. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. It was sung by immigrants as they struck out from distant shores and pioneers who pushed westward against an unforgiving wilderness. It was a call of workers who organized, women who reached for the ballots, a president who chose the moon as our new frontier, and a king who took us to the mountaintop and pointed the way to the promised land. Oh, yes, we can. Yes, we can. To justice and equality. Yes, we can. To opportunity and prosperity. Oh, yes, we can. We can heal the nation, we can repair this world. Oh, yes, we can. Si se puede. Oh, yes, we can. Yes, we can. We know the battle ahead will be long, but always remember that no matter what obstacles stand in our way, our voices will remain strong. We won't change, we won't change, we won't change. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. We have been told we cannot do this by a chorus of cynics who will only grow louder and more dissonant. We've been told to pause for a reality check. We've been warned against offering the people of this nation false hope. But in the unlikely story that is America, there has never been anything false about hope. We won't change. Hopes we won't of a little girl we who goes change. to a crumbling school change. and Dylan are the same as the dreams of a boy who learns on the streets of L.A. We will remember that there is something happening in America that we are not as divided as our politics suggests that we are one people, we are one nation and together we'll begin the next great chapter in America's story with three words that will ring from coast to coast from sea to shining sea Sing with me, oh yes we can Yes we can, yes we can, yes we can, yes we can, yes, we can. 
This is the time when we add our own voices to the morning, sharing our reflections on the platform and or what resonates in our own lives. For our online participants, I invite you to share in the Zoom chat, and it looks like folks already have started. And or if in the comments if you're watching later. I'll start with the Zoom comments. We'll accept some comments at the microphone from in-person attendees in the middle, and then return to our Zoom participants at the end. A lot of responses. Uh, Deja saying, wonderful platform. Michelle saying, uh, Maceo, very well organized presentation. Thank you. Uh, Vincent saying, thanks, Maceo. Uh, Mark sharing, wow, learned so much in a short time. And Joe sharing, great platform. Thanks, Maceo. And Robin um, sharing, thank you, Maceo. Wow, may all the segments of Wes work towards seeing how our behavior can sometimes be in opposition to our goals, be the oppositional to our goals, absolutely. Deja sharing, white supremacy runs so deep and permeates every facet of our society and culture. Barbara sharing, very interesting platform. Thank you, Maceo. And Deja sharing, we all have to be immensely intentional to, to deconstruct white supremacy. Um, Paul sharing, very re revealing way to view the problem. Thanks for staying with our problem and helping us build a different future. And um, Laura sharing, a layer of racism that doesn't get enough attention is the foundation or one of them. It's pain, woundedness, trauma that becomes what, what's now called intergenerational trauma. Why? Because these hurts are unresolved they get acted out in order to feel less pain, in order to release the pain onto others and the hope that my pain will go away. That is true of the bully in the school and the bully in the Kremlin or in, white, in the white robes. Listen for the pain, ask what hurts, what hurts you, what hurts your ancestors. There's our answers in part. Judy sharing, thank you, Maceo. I can't wait until your next platform. Absolutely. Sharon sharing. Uh, Maceo, I heard you singing all the way down here in Florida. Thank you for inviting me this morning. Excellent. Excellent. Um, and Patty sharing. Anything worth doing is worth doing right. I grew up hearing this from my dad. I learned another way of looking at it from Don Montagna. Anything worth doing is worth doing. And Trang sharing. Thank you, Maceo, for bringing to light the hard work that's needed to combat white supremacy culture. It's on each and every one of us to work on our internal stuff as well as, as well as the work within Wes and our greater culture. It's important to remember the importance of power sharing. All right, and uh, Deja sharing, keep up the good work, Maceo. We all need you. All right, good stuff. And I wanna now make sure, um, well, more than good stuff, but, um, I'm still, you know, processing and absorbing everything from this morning, which is, which has um, been fantastic. I want to now turn our attention to the commenters in the hall. In order to avoid close personal uh, physical contact, I won't bring the microphone around your seat as we used to. Instead, please line up with plenty of personal space at the stationary microphone. We'll hear a few brief comments before returning to our participants online. And feel free, if, you, if you're comfortable, coming up to the microphone to take your mask down um, with the space that we have. Um, in the room to make sure we can hear you all. And I invite anybody to come on up, please. Thank you. Good morning. I used to come here a long time ago. 
back after a long time, I think you had started when I come. So, so I was looking for reading and knowing more about black thought leaders, and I did not know that the county I live now, Fiji County, had produced one which was speaking just now. Thanks for letting me. Uh, hello, uh, Jeff Meehall here. I, what really struck me about Maceo's wonderful platform today was when he went into the brief history of whiteness as a concept. Uh, it wasn't until relatively recently in this country's history that you weren't considered white unless you had the words Anglo-Saxon Protestant appended to it. Um, and in my personal example, I certainly have the Saxon, but I don't have the Anglo, nor do I have the Protestant. If we could get our friend Mr. Peabody to have Sherman set the Wayback Machine for a couple of decades ago, uh, you would find, <clears throat> excuse me, if you were Jewish, for example, you were not considered white by any way, shape, or form. Uh, there's an interesting film that came out after the Second World War. You may have seen it. It's called Gentleman's Agreement. Uh, starring a young Gregory Peck, who, yeah, as his role of a newspaper reporter, uh, assumes a Jewish identity to expose the anti-Semitism uh, prevalent at the time. Uh, if you were Catholic, you were not only not considered white, you really weren't even considered an American because you took your religious instruction from a foreign potentate. And I just noticed in the Outlook section uh, of today's post, there's an interesting book that deals with the relationships between indigenous people who married uh, whites and uh, the prejudices that they encountered not only back in the um, 18th and 19th century, but continues today with the effort to eradicate the term, quote, half-breed, unquote. Thank you. All right, thank you all very much for sharing in the room. And let me just check in with our chat online as well. Peter's sharing um, some of the things Maceo was saying was making me wonder if he was saying that a desire for excellence is inherently racist. And I, racist. I think that many racists have given lip service to a desire for excellence, but the source of West culture, including W.E.B. Um, Du Bois, uh, was very supportive of striving for true excellence. Okay, and Susan sharing, um, very interested in the connection between fear and defensiveness. All right. Um, well, thank you to all who shared their thoughts and attention this morning. And just as we share our perspectives in this community, so too do we share our resources and gifts. Here at West, we split the Sunday collection between our operating budget and a fund dedicated to justice and compassion. We'd hope that Karen uh, Granados uh, could have joined us this morning from LAYC. Unfortunately, she wasn't feeling well today. Um, so you're left with me describing um, this fantastic uh, organization. This month, half of the offering is dedicated to Latin American Youth Center. Since its founding in the late 1960s, 
LAYC has grown from a small grassroots recreation center to a nationally recognized agency serving all low-income youth. Their mission is to empower a diverse population of youth to achieve a successful transition to adulthood through multicultural, comprehensive, and innovative programs that address youth's social, academic, and career needs. Each year, LAYC serves over 4,000 youth and families through young cent youth centers, school-based sites, and public charter schools in the District of Columbia, Maryland's Prince George's, and Montgomery counties. As the Maryland Multicultural Youth Center, MMYC, LAYC believes in a future where all youth pursue their dreams, reach their goals, and acquire the skills and self-confidence to live a life of purpose, connection, contribution, and joy. Let's all take a moment to prepare to respond to the invitation to generosity. If you're someone who gives by text or in front of a device where you can navigate to the donation page on our website, get out your phone or tablet or navigate to that page now. If you are here in person and find the ritual of giving cash or a check to be important to your experience, you can start writing your check or moving the donation to a different pocket. I'll pause for a moment so that all who are able to prepare um, can prepare to respond with generosity. On the slide, you will see a number to give by text. That's 202-335-1885. And you can also make a gift online through the donate button on our website at ethicalsociety.org to this fantastic organization and to Wes. Thank you for your generosity. We'll now receive your gifts and the musicians' gifts of music. Thank you so much to the many people who helped create this morning's time together. Thank you to our staff, including Linda Zari, Nandara Miles, Robin Kravitz, Tom Hutton, Lynn Cox, and today's speaker, Maceo Thomas. Thank you to interim music coordinator, Leah Morris. Thank you to guest musicians from the Deerfield Academy and West Band. Thank you to John and Abby Dakin who created our slides. 
Thanks to Alex Abbott for hosting the upcoming virtual coffee hour. Thank you to Zoom Usher Paul Baker and tech team, Pat McNeely, Denise Howell, John Pfeiffer, and uh, Kate Lang. Also, thank you, uh, big thank you to Ross Wells, who led the project of installing TV monitors in the hall so that in-person attendees can see slides, lyrics, and videos. Very, very fun stuff. Um, at the conclusion of the platform, please join us for our social hour in person on the patio or virtual coffee hour on Zoom. To, to get to the virtual coffee hour after closing words, point your browser to tiny.cc slash westcoffeehour. We love the many ways that we can connect as a community. Thanks also to those who are leading and supporting our work in the weeks to come. You can find information about opportunities to connect in the Sunday links or news and notes emails. Here's some of the latest news. All right, we've got Sunday Ethical Education for Kids, or SEEK, is offering several programs. Our Whole Lives, Our Whole Lives meets today and next Sunday at noon. Today, Our Whole Lives, or OWL, will meet at noon. Coming of Age meets at 1 p.m. Next week, March 20th, there will be a virtual meeting for pre-K to second grade at 10.30. An in-person meeting for high school youth at 10.30. And next week's OWL class will meet a little later at 2 p.m. Please watch your email on the SEEK Facebook group for updates. For all age groups, please be sure your family is registered. If you aren't already receiving the SEEK newsletter, newsletter, please contact Indara Miles. If you'd like to sing or have ever wondered about singing at West, don't miss the virtual workshop, Finding Our Voices Again, which will meet on four consecutive Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. beginning on March, March 30th. This workshop will be led by Reverend Kimberly Du Bois, um, Debus, thank you, who you may remember from January 23rd platform. What? All right, I'm getting a correction. We're going to have an in-person in -person workshop here. This is exciting. Uh, on Wednesdays, 7.30 p.m., beginning March 30th. Exciting times all around. Um, and youth, uh, youth ages 12 and up are welcome to participate with an accompanying parent. Contact Perry Bider for more information or to sign up. We've got that information all coming up on uh, these slides and on Zoom. Um, this, is, this is very exciting. I didn't even know that. I can't wait to hear some music in this hall uh, together and be able to share that with everyone watching at home too or wherever you may be. Pledging members and friends should have received an email early last week and a card in the postal mail celebrating this year's stewardship campaign tomorrow, tucked into seeds. Sign up for a pledge party to give and receive stories about Wes. Make your financial commitment for next year anytime using the online form. There's a Zoom pledge party today at 2 p.m. So spring forward. Let, we're excited to see what we can accomplish together in the coming year. There'll be a memorial service for Lawrence L. Miller on March 19th at 11 a.m. L. was the director of administration for the American Ethical Union. Check the Caring News email that was sent out on March 4th for the Zoom link. As you can, receive, as you can see, we've returned to hybrid platform with attendees both online and in person. Those who wish to attend platform in person will need to pre-register and answer health questionnaire. That form is available at tiny.cc slash platform reservation. In-person attendees will also need to bring their vaccination card or a picture of their vaccination card. Those who are medically unable to be vaccinated can bring proof of a negative test within 24 hours from within 24 hours of a platform. 
Online audience will continue to be available for the foreseeable future. You are always welcome to tune in by Zoom. No test needed. Next Sunday, March 20th, we will welcome the change of seasons with an early spring fest. Woo! If you plan to attend online, email Robin Kravitz a photo of some flowers if you've, you have experienced in your life. Uh, lovely, lovely idea. Uh, if you are coming in person, please bring flowers to attach our spring, to our spring fest arch and also some flowers for a shared vase. In-person attendees can also BYO brunch to enjoy an after-platform on the patio, weather permitting. And who knows with the weather around here if you're local, because I don't know. Snow's on the ground, and it's going to be 60 tomorrow. Um, we will be also recognizing new, pla uh, new members during next week's platform. So let's make it a warm welcome. It's very exciting. Washington, yes. Washington Interfaith Network, or WIN, is hosting a Zoom forum with candidates on March 20th at 3 p.m. Candidates for council chair and attorney general for the district are confirmed. All are attended to, uh, welcome to attend online. This has been changed to be a hybrid event, which uh, each member organization of WIN is invited to send one district resident to represent them. If you would like to represent West, at the in-person event, please contact Interim Leader Lynn Cox. There's a lot going on. You can see the calendar with upcoming events on the West website. For one more update, here is Vincent Taylor, Tyler, Vincent Tyler from the Board of Trustees. Hello, my name is Vincent Tyler, and I'm a member of the Board of Trustees. I'm here to update you this month on what the Board of Trustees has been working on. First off, members of the Board have been finalizing and placing the things that will govern the Personnel Committee into the bylaws. This committee that's made up of two lay members and one person from the Board of Trustees has been formed. Due to the outreach of the Lay Leadership Development Committee to qualified persons and the appointment of a member of the Board, I'm glad to say that the committee is fully staffed and ready to take its place in furthering the society's success. Members of the board have also been preparing for a board linkage where the board of trustees comes and listens intently to a facilitated conversation about the thoughts, ideas, and concerns of community members about the community. In the last week of February, there were board members who were part of a financial summit that was led by the treasurer. Also participating in that summit were members of the community that are familiar with financing. Together, we discussed ideas that may boost revenue and foster financial stability. I will end by saying the board has assisted and worked on throughout this interim period on making the transition as smooth as is possible to a new senior leader and will continue to do so even after a new senior leader has been placed. That is just a few of the things the board has been working on. Before leaving, I will remind you that the Board of Trustees meets the third Thursday of every month and is always open to visitors. Or you can send an email to email to board, one word, at ethicalsociety.org. I will also remind you that there are board members whose terms will be ending in June. Joining the Board of Trustees is truly a meaningful way to have a positive impact 
on helping the community to succeed. So if you've ever thought about it or thought about joining any committee or getting more involved in community in any way, I encourage you to do so now. Tomorrow is not real. It can only be imagined. So there is no better time. In fact, no other time even exists except for now. Thank you, Vincent, and thank you to all of our hardworking trustees. And thank you all for being part of Platform this morning. Let's enjoy our closing song of the month. De colores, de colores se visten los campos en la primavera. De colores, de colores son los pajaritos que vienen de afuera. De colores, de colores es el arco iris que vemos lucir. Y por eso los grandes amores de muchos colores me gustan a mí y por eso los grandes amores de muchos colores me gustan a mí canta el gallo canta el gallo con brief reminders as we close. If you're new to our community, please send an email to our membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas, uh, and introduce yourself. And um, uh, email is going up on Zoom and uh, obviously a wonderful person to talk to and who shared a little bit of diagnosing and antidote today, which uh, I really appreciated. Uh, to reach virtual coffee hour, please point your browser to tiny.cc west coffee hour slash west coffee hour and uh, our, for our closing words I now invite you to join me in our closing words of the month let us go into the week ahead with compassion understanding and commitment seeking and offering renewal for our hearts and for our quest for a better world Thank you for being here. We look forward to connecting with you again soon.